0: Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degman, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald.
1: Susan, how's it going? It's going very well, very well. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> tired, a little tired. Um, getting a little tired of Mobile as well, so uh, fortunately heading home tomorrow. So uh, I'll be back just in time to cover the Miami Marathon with you on uh, on bright and early Sunday morning. Um,
1: hey, like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. What a, what a
0: week. What a busy week. Um, obviously, um, I've been on the Brian Flores stuff all week, although I'm still helping out a little bit. on um, Signing day uh, remotely from here at the Senior Bowl, where uh, there are no Miami Hurricanes playing, uh, unfortunately. Shrine Bowl's tonight, though, and apparently uh, Charleston Rambo's been playing really well out there. Maybe we'll talk some of that stuff next week. Uh, we're probably going to have to come back next week because there's going to be a lot of coaching news, it sounds like, for us to get into. We'll get into a little bit of that at the end. Uh, Kevin Steele obviously being hired as the defensive coordinator, but it's signing day week, which means we're talking recruiting. Um, and it was, uh, it was, I think the story of the, of Miami, there was no one simple story to tell. I think of, of Miami on signing day. Um, I think overwhelmingly, like it's a lot more good than bad happened. And I think just the general, you could tell from the way Mario Cristobal was talking, obviously the fan base is, Pretty happy with it. Um, the numbers at this point bear it out, too, where they have a top 15 class according to 24-7's team rankings. Um, but we want to obviously get to it all, some misses on signing day, in particular uh, at Monsignor Pace with five-star defensive lineman Shamar Stewart. So we're going to do the good, the bad, and the ugly of national signing day for the Miami Hurricanes. Um, like I said, a lot more good than bad. And, and the good, we'll start there. Uh, just has to be, you know, it, there's been a lot made, I think, in the last couple of years that the transition class in this early signing period era is really, really tough. Um, You know, Mario Cristobal, we talked about it, obviously, on the early signing day, that he put together a, a pretty solid foundation for the class in, what was it then? We said nine days, I think, between when he got to yes. he got the job, yes. took over and, and became and uh, that – first Wednesday of the early signing period. Um, now, still less than two we- two months into coaching Miami. Uh, he's just kept adding to that group. And I, I think, you know, I, I won't say it's as good a class as you could have hoped for, because obviously everyone was hoping they were going to get Shamar Stewart. But it would have been hard to ask for much more beyond that. Like, it, yeah, there's a miss here and there, but they also got a couple guys who are. Not really on the radar. We're going to talk to about citizen in a little bit, but for the most part, I mean, it's, it's a, it is as good a class as you're basically going to see in this early signing period era in a coach's first year.
1: Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And even, and we'll talk about this, the misses, you know, the misses, the guys that he did not get, they really, none of them, they, maybe one of them, we'll talk about that. Yeah. We're expecting, but. But other than that, most of them, they really weren't expecting. Would you agree on that?
0: Yeah. I mean, by signing day, like there were no – There's honestly, there's like seldom surprises on signing day anymore, right? Like at least within the, the coaching staff ranks. No one uh, – very rarely is a guy picking up a hat, putting it on his head, and the, co- the coach of the school that he picked is like stunned, right? Or the coach that didn't – the coach of the school he didn't pick is stunned. The coaches always kind of know right. ahead of time. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, you know, Miami they it definitely kind of went according to plan for them yesterday. You could see where some of the places where they missed, they had backup plans and locked up uh, good, interesting players, I think, across the board. Um, I guess we should just run down what they added yesterday. Um, a lot of offensive linemen. The big fish of the day was Trevante Citizen, uh, kind of a fringe top 100 running back from Louisiana. Uh, long time LSU commit kind of sounds like it basically came down to Miami and Florida in the end there, uh, with LSU also involved. Um, they get a local kid, Ahmad Moten from Cardinal Gibbons, um, a late rising defensive tackle, uh, guy who, you know, obviously I follow the high schools down here. He was not on anyone's radar his junior. Year. He was a backup defensive tackle at Gibbons, uh, and then becomes a first team all county performer and, and just like a little inside behind behind the curtain, you know, when we pick our all-county teams, we ask every coach in the area to, like, submit kind of a ballot. And I'll say Ahmad Moten's name came up a couple times in Broward County as uh, coaches saying he could be player of the year. Like, I, I think oh, –
1: wow. and not,
0: not, not just from Cardinal Gibbons' coach, from other coaches around the county. Um, basically just, you know, you, you don't run into guys like that. It's a really tough matchup guy uh, in high school football. And then a couple offensive linemen round out the group. Matthew McCoy from uh, Creekside up in St. John's, which I guess, like, St. Augustine area. Um, and Inez Cooper, uh offensive tackle from Alabama, who, as Mario Cristobal put it, is one of the largest human beings you will ever see. 6'6", <laughs> six, six, 352 is what he's listed on uh, at 24-7. Um, so... You know, they, they got, you know, they missed out on some offensive linemen, yeah. but they had some backup plans there. They missed out on Shamar Stewart, but they're able to get another good defensive lineman. Um, and then obviously Travante Citizen, that's like the, that's the home run of the day for them.
1: Definitely. You, what, what uh, 247 sports had, had, um, had Inez Cooper as how big?
0: I want to say 6'6", six, six, 352.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Wait, but, but Mario said he was 6'6", 364. Oh my god. And yeah, and he said that, yeah, exactly, one of the largest human beings you'll ever see in your life. And he said that, uh, that at one point he weighed 400. Yeah. And, uh, they, they, you know, he, he lost, he's lost, he's gone from 400 to if, if, Mario's right to to three sixty four. Yeah, he was
0: just on campus the weekend, so They usually like weigh and measure, measure those guys, so that's probably pretty pretty much right on what he had. Uh, yeah, and, in
1: terms of know, his numbers. He, you just have to hope it, it doesn't it, that he's not just a big massive.
0: Right. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah. Uh, A lot of times high school offensive linemen come into college with one of two problems. It's either they need to get they're too heavy and need to get in shape or they're too skinny and they need to add weight. And it's actually kind of funny. Cooper definitely is in the got to lose some weight category. And the other tackle they got, Matthew McCoy, is in that got to bulk up. So they got they got two projects. Um, obviously, interesting guys. Ta- offensive line is the hardest position to evaluate. Yeah, um, definitely. so you just get two huge guys who were both pretty athletic. Coop McCoy, I guess, was a tight end uh, for a lot of his high school career until uh, so he played left tackle at Creekside this year. So, you know, they're interesting, right? You know, they missed out on Dave Aioli, who we're going to talk about later, who is like it kind of, sounds like a more finished product. You know, top 200 recruit, um, but you know, these are pretty good, like backup plan kind of guys. You know, they're obvious; they're not going to play next year in all likelihood. Um, oh, well, we said the same thing about, obviously about Zion Nelson when he came in. Um, but, but you know, they're, they're good developmental guys and you can never have too many. And that one of the big takeaways, I think from signing day, obviously the Tremonte citizen commitment wound up being like the biggest news piece of the day. Right. But right. To me, it was just interesting that, you know, Mario, we talked about it last week. He's just going to commit to building the trenches and, you know, they had no offensive linemen committed when he got here. And now they got a couple, couple, you know, again, not huge, big time recruits, but interesting developmental pieces who you can just never have too many of those.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think I think Mario is right on one hundred percent. You, you got to get you got to beef up both sides of the line. You know, not just the offensive line but defensive line, and um, and that's yeah. what. You know, Miami. That's what Miami did, even even with you know considering the from the early signing period, um, including the the transfers. I mean, just right. You have to you have to get those guys, or and especially with them losing well, at least four starting defensive linemen. You know, um, it it was just imperative that they did that. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, Moten obviously falls into that category too of, uh, helping the trenches. Another thing, I think Mario even said like hard to find, you know, you can never have enough three techs. Um, you know, and especially in South Florida, you know, we produce a lot of, we produce good defensive linemen down here, but usually they're defensive ends. Um, you know, if you can find a guy who's six, right. 290, like you, you got to kind of lock that kid up if, if you think he's yeah. a player. And they, yeah, and they, and
1: they, you know, they, they're getting, as far as the transfers go, they're getting one to at least two D tackles, uh, mm-hmm. in Jacob Lichtenstein. Yeah. Uh, and at a USC, we talked about him and also Antonio Moultrie, who we thought might be an edge kind of guy. Uh, Mario said yesterday that he's actually, he's going to play tackle. Right. So, um, you know, uh,
0: I will say it's a little interesting because I kind of feel better about their situation at defensive tackle They're getting off track a little bit here, but um, you know, we, we all, everyone thinks Leonard Taylor is going to be a star. Obviously I'm, I really like Jared Harrison Hunt. Um, you know, Jordan Miller has been a really quality rotational piece for them for a couple of years. Um, the defensive end spot, you know, we'll see. Maybe Nigel e. Kelly will be a, a contributor uh, and Cyrus Moss. Maybe they can be day one contributors, especially since they're, on campus already but it's interesting that they've really gone after a lot more interior guys on that side of the ball to me but well you know yeah me too. I, I, me too
1: me too they're harder
0: different. to find like I said they're harder to find in South Florida you know where every every cycle there's a guy like casually Kelly usually two of them you know Shamar Stewart obviously down here in South Florida um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so you're going to be able to just replenish that I think a little bit easier but but for next year um, I feel way better about the interior of this line. And that was even before, like we said, all these transfers.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure Mario, you know, it's, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting about the tackle, you know, deciding yeah. the guy tackle, but, um, he knows Mario knows.
0: Yep. Uh, what was the, uh, you know, so Travante Citizen, like I said, was the one who, you know, it's, I guess you've been, everyone was kind of thinking it was going to be Florida, picks Miami on signing day. Um, as both of us tweeted about and wrote about, uh, that running back group is, was already pretty deep and now it's really deep. Uh, what, what did Mario have to say about him on, on Wednesday?
1: Uh, he said he can, he said he can do it all. You know, he kind of said that about everybody.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. He said he called him an every down back. Yeah. That he you know that he can run through you, he can run around you I mean we we, we hear the same thing about everybody, but yeah obviously he's really good um, he can line up as a receiver, he said he's explosive, uh, hard to tackle um, so you seemed really high on him and I, and I, I'm wondering if you know if maybe one of the other kids Mario thinks they're gonna transfer. Yeah. Know, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like Thad Franklin, I I love that. Fra- Battiest Franklin is one who I wish we saw more of. Yeah, I, I mean
0: when we saw him in like he was like totally a situational guy. What what was the game where he like it was the last home game like, where he like iced the game and had like ten straight Duke? carries? That...
1: Was it Duke? Did they play Duke? I don't anymore? think it was the
0: Duke. What was the last home game? Duke was the no, last Duke. game.
1: Pittsburgh? It was, uh, I, don't... <laughs> I can't. Oh,
0: Virginia no. Tech? I think. Virginia Tech. I think it was Virginia Tech.
1: Was it Virginia Tech? I have it right here.
0: I don't know, okay. but I just remember he ran the ball like eight straight times and got like three or four yards on every carry to like just keep getting first downs and they won the game. Oh, he, gets,
1: he had a really, really good average. Yeah. I, I, I think He's he has, he's
0: useful. They I mean they, they they can't let him go. But yeah, like you I, said, well, it, it I, feels I, like I
1: actually, I actually liked him. I always wanted to see him this is just personal, you know, more than Cody Brown, and it was Virginia Tech, by the way, mm-hmm. and uh
0: Yeah, by the end of the year, he had kind of surpassed Cody Brown in that
1: Yeah, Small I, use I of think, think so. I, and he, had, like he, Cody Brown, I, oh, I want to see what their average was, darn it. I'm looking, I'll find it, I'm going to uh-huh. but Old I, vamp. I,
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, it, it feels like you know, first of all, we obviously, you can never, running backs in another position where you can never have too many just because guys get hurt.
1: Here it um, is. But
0: right. yeah, I, I think you're right. Like they have to be thinking someone.
1: Oh, here, here,
0: especially because they added Henry Parrish too. Like,
1: oh yeah, I mean, definitely. They're, they're I, just
0: really uh, deep there now.
1: Now David, he only had, it's funny, that Franklin, so weird. He only, he gained in five games, 174 yards. Uh
0: huh. A lot of that was in the uh, two, uh Central Connecticut game, probably, right?
1: Probably. Two touchdowns. He averaged 7.5 yards a carry. Yeah. Cody Brown averaged 4.1, but he played in 10 games. Yeah. He only got 141 yards total.
0: Yeah. Both those guys didn't play that much, but they were both yeah. kind of the short yardage guys, and Miami's going to need one of them to, to play well next year. But, again, we're we're getting way off track on, on uh, our running back deep dive here. Uh yeah, Citizen's interesting because you know he's he has a chance to whereas I think Thad and Cody Brown are kind of situational guys and uh um, right. you know citizen feel like what Mario describes him as an every down back, it feels like his like I don't know if next year he'll be the starter, but like they clearly have him thinking he's you know, you got Don Chaney, you got Jalen Knighton, who both can leave after next year. Um, you know, by then citizen could be like next in line. And that that's a good, you know. The depth is—I don't know—maybe it's overcrowded right now. But you know, Don Chaney and Jalen Knighton both could have awesome years next year and go to the NFL, and they would get a shot somewhere, right? I, mean, I talk about it all the time that running backs—a lot of running backs just leave when they can because they you're get, violent, yeah, you're you get hurt. Yeah, your value—you get hurt. You get more miles on you. Your value is never better than when you're young. Um, and they get hurt. There's no obvious succession plan in place for those guys and Tramante Citizen gives you that now potentially because again, like I love Dad, but I think he's ultimately probably not a true every down back, um, in the way that Cheney and even Knighton proved to be. Um, you know, Henry Parrish will obviously be a be a factor there too long term, I would think. But uh citizen, like that's a that's a nice luxury to have and that's a thing that you know, now it just gives you a little bit more Fle- roster flexibility going beyond next year.
1: Yeah, and he's also David. He's it, what stands out to me, although I, I, is he's pretty tall. Yeah, uh, for a running back guy, or for the ones I've been used to over the years in Miami. A lot of times they're like s- small, not small, you know, they're like thick. Yeah, but Cam Harris, six one. Yeah, he's sick Well, that Cam Harris. Wow, he's six one. According to Mario, according to all the recruiting sites, he's six foot, so it makes me think he's not six one at all, but
0: uh-huh.
1: he's still pretty tall and about 215 is what Yeah. He's,
0: I mean, he's, he's got some of that Cheney build to him, right? Cheney. I don't know what Cheney's is listed at, but I think he's, oh, he always strikes me as like a shorter. taller running back too, but yeah, like, but yeah, he's, he's, both of them have the, the, physique the build to be an every down back in a way that, you know, Jalen Knight, like I said, proved to be that when he needed to last year, I think. Uh-huh. Um, but he's not, again, he's kind of not your prototypical running back citizen citizen gives you that uh long-term, um, but yeah, just overall the, you know, that transition class is in this era of football where coaches tend to only have these like three year lifespans, basically, unless you start winning right away. Um, right. screwing up that transition class can really kill you. Um,
1: you yeah. saw, oh, a, fantastic.
0: A, you know, that those are, uh, a lot of the coaches who were done in year three, it's because they rushed to fill that class. And a lot of those kids transferred out. Uh, Matt Baker at the Tampa Bay Times, I think last year wrote a really good story about just how many of those kids who signed in transition classes wound up transferring or basically just being non-contributors um you know you never know what a class is going to look like until obviously two or three years out and so it's possible that Mario's transition class will fall into a lot of the same issues that a lot of other classes have but at least from a rankings perspective this one is better and I think for the most part they did a good job filling needs where they need to um and then you know you add a couple couple luxury guys like uh, Citizen Skinner, I think you know. I, I don't know if he's going to necessarily play next year, but it gives you again that flexibility where you know you've got your tight end of the future. Um, I
1: right, still think correct. I still think
0: Wesley Bistans the most important kid they got. In this oh season. no, no doubt. Here.
1: Yeah. Oh
0: uh, yeah. He's the one guy I feel really confident about that with from this class. By the way, I
1: have to I have to. I know you hate when I do this, but I have to do an asterisk here. Uh, I just, I couldn't help it. Don Cheney. Is listed on the roster. Oh no, he's not that as five ten. That's not so about bad. Five ten. Yeah, yeah. That's still oh, bigger that than
0: the five, five eight running back. That means that
1: he's, he's probably yeah. five nine. I am telling you, they always add an inch. Yeah, but no, I know, I
0: know.
1: Also about the transition classes, uh two four seven did a story and they listed a chart and they said that for Miami, I guess the, the last three transition classes, Manny Diaz actually Actually, they weren't that bad. The rankings, uh, his class was number 27, they said, 19, Manny Diaz. Number 22 was Mark in 2016, mm-hmm. and number, oh, number 33 was Golden, Al Golden. Yeah. In 2011. But, um, anyway. Well, yeah. yeah,
0: like for example, like the, the Manny Diaz transition class, which yielded some pretty good players. Um, like I'm just going to read you all the, the top, I'm gonna read you all the four-star pro- prospects from that class. Jeremiah Payton transferred. Christian Williams transferred. Deontra Smith starter. Avery Huff hasn't really seen the field in a significant way yet. Correct. Yeah. Harvey starter, kind of a little underwhelming so far. They were obviously hoping he would be the defensive end last year. Jason yep. Blastet yeah. had to medically retire. To Corey Couch uh, mm-hmm. has been up and down, but uh, you know when he's a number 340 player in the country, that's a good pickup. And then the next one on the list, the other guy who I know had four-star consideration from some of the sites is Cameron Williams, who uh, obviously has transferred yeah. also. So a lot of – you know, yeah. that's when, – when that happens in your transition class, you can be done in three years when you miss on five out of your seven blue – top seven guys or whatever. Um, right. Again, this class Mario has is better. I think Mario is going to have a longer leash than Manny Diaz ever did. But um, – <laughs> at least on paper, right. at least on paper so far, again, you never know about it. It's like an NFL draft. You can't evaluate it until three plus years out um, right. on paper. Um, Mario Cristobal did a good job with this one. Yep. I think
1: he did an excellent job actually.
0: All right. Yeah. Let's get into, uh, I, like I said, the good, the bad and the ugly is this very loose theme. We're going to stick to.
1: Okay. Um,
0: Again, like I said, much more, much more good than bad and ugly. So we'll, maybe we'll kind of combine these last two. Um, you sure. want to wrap up here in, in a little bit here. Um, the bad the I mean, the worst news of the day for Miami was not getting Shamar Stewart, obviously. Um, I, I, like you said, they, everyone thought he was going to go to Texas A&M. Just cause everyone thinks someone's going to go somewhere doesn't mean you like didn't miss, right? Like Miami wanted him. He visited this weekend, tried to seal the deal, couldn't do it. Now Shamar Stewart is the number one player in the state is going to Texas A&M instead. Um, a guy who obviously you want to keep your five stars home and no one hurts.
1: Yeah. I, I, I honestly never thought, well, until the end when they, when, when we found out that Mario hired Kevin Steele as defensive coordinator the night before Tuesday night, um, I, I don't know, David, I really, I had this sense that Shamar was going to go to UM. I, I don't know why I just did. I thought, okay, they worked something out where he knew about Kevin Steele and whatever. And I, I don't know, that was just, obviously, I was wrong. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, I mean, I, otherwise, I, everybody thought. As you had said before, too, had told me that everybody thought he was going to go to Texas A&M anyway.
0: Yeah, Miami was trying to make up ground the whole time. Texas A&M, I think at the end of the summer, Shamar had a really good visit there right before his season. Like, like whatever, that last weekend of July or whatever, right before high school practices started. He had a really good visit there. (laughs) Texas A&M was the leader then. Miami was trying to play catch up the rest of the time. Mario Cristobal helped Right. When once he got in the fold, I, I think it made Miami Miami more of a serious contender, but they were never able to make up that gap on Texas A and M, uh, which winds Bye. up the number one class in the country. And, you know, that's again the reason people are excited about the future of Miami. Uh, the first two names you probably hear listed are Leonard Taylor and James Williams. Five star five star players tend to be pretty good once they get to campus. So um, you know. Miami's gotta obviously keep those kids home and you know, who knows if, if Mario was there for the full cycle, maybe things would be different. Like I said, he was playing catch up and you know, sometimes when you're, you're down by 20, you can play a great second half, but you, but you still lose. Right. The um, other, the other, uh, big miss from the day, I would say, uh, locally, uh, was R. Mason Thomas. Um, interesting situation there. Another guy r- rose late in the process. Um, wound up, I think being a four star, according to 24 seven, um, not to composite their own rankings. Um, a guy who was very seriously under consideration for our defensive player of the year in Broward County this year, uh, ultimately went to a couple kids from Chaminade, um, was committed to Iowa state for a long time, ends up flipping to Oklahoma on signing day. Miami had him on campus over the weekend too, for an official visit. Um, it's right, one guys. another situation where, you know, maybe if Mario is there the whole time, he is recruiting him longer. But, no, he didn't offer – he didn't um, – Mason didn't get his Miami offer until Christmas. So, like, Miami, again, was just kind of fighting an uphill battle there. Um, Oklahoma, he had a relationship with Brent Venables from when Venables was at Clemson. Um, so, you know, he's a guy I think is going to be really good. Uh, his high school coach, Matt DeBuck. Absolutely like raved about him to me when I was talking ahead of, um, signing day. Right. One of, you know, one of these situations, a lot of coaches, when I did that, that anonymous, let those coaches all talk anonymously about recruiting in South Florida, one of the big gripes they had was with, with Manny Diaz and Florida actually too, uh, Dan Mullen was, um, you know, they would sometimes kind of not trust the coaches. They would, uh, you know, they, they would, they want to make, see it with their own eyes. They don't want to take the coach's word for it. Um, when, you know, at, when Colonel Gibbons for two years has known that this kid is going to be great. He's just got to keep growing, keep getting a little bit more filled out. Um, and like I said, maybe if Mar, maybe if Mario's here the whole time, maybe they offer Mason Thomas early. Maybe they're recruiting him hard early. Um, but i think it played out in the way that I know that has frustrated coaches a little bit where, um, you know, the hidden gem, je- you can't let your hidden, Number one, you got to keep your five stars home, but you also don't want to lose your hidden gems, right? Nothing frustrates Miami fans more than when they don't offer 2 Atwell at well and yet goes on to become an all conference receiver at Louisville or, uh, don't offer who was the, uh, pit defensive end a couple years ago, who was like, uh, all American from Cooper city, right? You, you miss out on him and he ends up Rashad Weaver, right? I think that's it. Um, so. Two two different kinds of misses, but those are both the kind of the worst news of the day for Miami. And and two two guys in a position of need. You know, Mason's a little small. He's got some I think only like two hundred and twenty pounds. So I don't know if he would have been a contributor this year, but you know, defensive line, like we said, important position to have guys at. The last miss of the day, which is what I qualify as the ugly here, is a uh, Dave Iuli, offensive lineman from Washington, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his high school, um, was committed to Mario and uh, Alex Mirabal at Oregon. De- I think he decommitted on Christmas. Um, a lot of people, last week, yeah, I, I've been away, so I haven't been like doing the recruiting reporting as much as I usually would be doing this time of year. But sounded like everyone thought he was going to go to Miami. Um, and then he visits Oregon over the weekend, and Oregon's able to get him to come back into the fold for them. That would have been, you know, the best ranked offensive lineman in the class an interior guy, which are again, always a little bit easier to come by than tackle. So it's not as crippling, but you know, Miami, that that's one of the, the real misses that Mario Cristobal has had. And we talked about it last week. Are they going to be able to really get these guys to come from the West coast, these offensive yeah. linemen? Yep. Yeah. Right now, you know, we were worried about it in two, three years from now. Um, you know, they get a transfer from Oregon, but otherwise, you um, know, that's a guy they obviously at one point thought they were going to get. And, you know, now they're over on those those West Coast linemen. We'll see what Josh Connerly does when he decides next month. But that's the concern with uh, trying to go national is you, you got to convince a guy to come from Seattle to Miami. That's a long way.
1: It's a long way and, and when you, you know, we've talked about this before, your last trip is, that's the one schools want. They want to be the, the last trip to yeah. be taken. And, you know, as parents, I think, uh, I mean, it is a, it's a, it's a very long trip. Yeah. <laughs> so I do it I, to see my daughter a lot, right? To, to right. Work. It's just, it's just a, for parents, it's a lot um and uh and also you you know you feel comfortable with what you know yeah and, uh, you know you feel comfortable with where you are although it's interesting i know we talked about Shamar, you know it's interesting some of the kids do go away but um yeah i uh yeah that was a big miss that was a big miss but um I don't know how much the parents had to do with that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, the other ugly for me is just, uh, and this is something like, this is not a normal class, obviously. Miami transition class, Florida transition class. Uh, Florida State uh, just can still can't get it right, it feels like. Um, but the out-of-state schools, once again, cleaned up in South Florida, in particular, Texas A&M and Georgia. There were four or five stars in the state. Two went to Texas A&M. Two went to Georgia. Um, you know, Alabama got theirs, right? That, that's the challenge. You got to keep those guys out. And yeah. Mario was never going to do it this year. It was never going to happen in one yeah. year. I
1: mean, maybe he has to prove something. You know? Yeah,
0: got to prove it. Yep.
1: Yeah, you know, he's just, just got to win a few games here, more than a few games. They've got to start winning, and then they'll get more – People and then, the, you know, the kids will be convinced because we know Mario is a great recruiter. Yeah. So, um, I think that's what's going to do it. Uh, the, the one thing I did want to say that was, I mean, I, Mario himself said it was disappointing is that they just need linebackers.
0: hmm
1: Linebackers. And I think he's going to end up going to the transfer portal. yeah, um,
0: yeah they still got a couple of spots. It sounds like, right? In terms of, yeah, he's going to go to the.
1: Yes, uh, not a lot but I, he's going to go to the transfer portal. You can be pretty sure of that one. Yeah. And and pick up a, a linebacker.
0: Yep, yeah. I mean there's obviously I feel like um everyone thinks that this time of year is transfer portal season, right? But but really the there's kind of a second window, right? After spring practices, I uh-huh. start to know a little bit where they yep. stay. More coaching changes will happen. Yep. Uh and there's that other, there's an an extra window uh in the summer in Miami. Pretty frequently in this transfer portal era has, you know, they got Jared Williams late, right. That was like in the springtime. Um, obviously Isaiah Walker, we haven't seen yet because of some, you know, some health issues, but obviously he was a May, I think a May addition. So there's, there's still got, I mean, you know, they're they're going to add one more, I think, impact guy, probably. Between now and, and the start of the season, uh, 30.
1: I think, yeah, I think so too. And I think it, it's one of them is going to be a linebacker for sure. Yeah. So,
0: all right, uh, we should wrap things up. We're going to do coaching staff next week, but I will just first get your quick thoughts. Kevin Steele, what do you think?
1: Uh, good. He, I, you know, he has a lot of experience and then yeah. again, you look and say, wow, he's been in a ton of schools. Why so many schools? <laughs> He's been like from here to there to there to there. The thing is, he's been at two
0: schools in the last week. I heard he was in the office of Maryland on Friday. Maryland,
1: <laughs> yes, apparently. I don't know. My, sor- my
0: sources in College Park tell me he was in the office on Friday.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, hey, look, uh, Brian McClendon, it happened at, with George. Yeah. You Nami know, followed, followed Mario. Have we even done it?
0: A- I don't think so. That's good. I would have totally forgotten about it. But Brian yeah, that's, a, McClendon, that's a tough miss. Yeah.
1: Receivers coach uh code off excuse me off co-offensive coordinator co- follows mario he was at oregon with mario comes all the way across country and uh boom goes to his alma mater i don't i don't blame him Georgia's a national champion right yeah. now defending national champ and he played there he was a the star there
0: yeah. so that's gonna uh, hurt recruiting wise too you yeah, know they He's a really good recruiter, and that 2023 20, class in Florida for receivers is as good a wide receivers group yeah, as Miami. Defi-
1: yeah, it's going to definitely hurt. It's definitely going to hurt Miami. I'm sure Marius had some fr- frustrating days the last yeah. few last week or whatever. But yeah.
0: not only is Miami losing recruits to Georgia and Alabama, they're losing coaches.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And coaches who,
0: who recruit, who recruit. Yeah. Arguably the two best recruiters on the staff. Yeah, who are tomorrow.
1: really exactly who are really good recruiters. So, um, you know, and Ken Dorsey left, this is just coaching stuff. You know, Ken mm-hmm. Dorsey, who I was really hopeful. I, I, I would, I would have loved to see him. He got a job as, you know, offensive coordinator, I guess at Buffalo. Right. Yep. Yep. And um, so he's out of the picture. And um yeah, we'll see. I'm sure I know Mario has people in mind. But um and we'll and you know we'll we'll find out soon enough. But Kevin Steele, um he's sixty-three years old, he has a lot of great experience, a lot in the SEC. Yep. Um and some other, you know, called the state he was at and he's been a lot of Auburn, just a lot. Um and everybody seems to think he's a really great uh choice. So We'll see.
0: Yeah. 63. Yeah, I mean, it's, this could be his last job, but, uh, he's got, you know, he's going to like stabilize things, right? He's, he's, it's not the splashiest, flashiest name, I wouldn't say, but he's got the track record and, um, you know, he's got a, he's going to lock that All defense right. down, right? He's got good defenses. Like that's pretty much yep. across the board. He's always had good defenses. Um, also Ken Dorsey apparently hiring, uh, Joe Brady as his offensive coordinate, as his quarterbacks coach. So there go uh go two Miami offensive coordinator candidates it's in one fell swoop. Up the I know.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: All right. Uh. Yeah. We'll wrap things up there. We'll 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 deep dive the coach and staff next week. Uh. With including more on Kevin Steele and maybe a little bit more on Brian McClennan's departure. Uh. You can follow Susan on Twitter at s Miller Degnan. Uh. She's got all your signing day stuff covered. Uh. Had a lot of stories obviously go up on Wednesday. Um. Honestly, a lot of stories all week across the entire newspaper between signing day, NHL All-Star Games this weekend. Oh, Obviously, God. the prime Flores is uh, at the Miami it's Marathon. I, your story about the uh, the Surfside runner was great. Uh, so I recommend everyone check that out.
1: Oh, did you read the you – didn't, you didn't read the 91-year-old? I've not one read that yet. one yet. Oh, my God, it's great. It's hilarious. Right. You have to read that one.
0: Yeah, I'll check that out. So you can check all that out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. I've been up to my eyeballs in Brian Flores coverage, um, but found some time to think about national signing day in the middle of it too. Um, it's been very rainy and wet here in Mobile. I was hoping I was going to get to watch a little bit more, uh, practice at the senior bowl, but fortunately I'm not missing out on any Miami guys because, uh, it's just not all James Cook backed out. Like I was excited to see him. Obviously Miami Central guy, Miami Central kid. Um, you got, uh, Jermaine Johnson, Apparently, I didn't see any of their practice uh, yesterday, but apparently he was fantastic, the Florida State defensive lineman, which is not surprising because he was unblockable when Miami played them up in Tallahassee. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I'm rambling now. But thanks, as always, for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.